the beloved chorale I shave featuring the Moss family and SKS the Moss family and SKS led by Leon Amos I shave give them a big hand give them a big hand Ah, boy, y'all was, that was awesome. And that was amazing. Because they just came up and just made that thing happen. You hear what I said? They just came up and made that thing happen. I say, give them a big hand. Yeah, for standing in the gap. I say. Mm-mm-mm. How many times do you come to church and half your choir's not there? <laughs> and you got to fill in. Ah, uh, look at God. That's all I got to say is look at God. Amen. Well, first of all, y'all can be seated. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, again, keep the slaughter family in your prayers. And before I begin, I, I want to acknowledge the one who keeps a smile on my face, my blessing. I said this for the first time I met her, and let me tell you, I still say it. I remember uh, a preacher we hadn't talked to gave me a call, and he said, I, I know somebody you know. I was like, I said, yeah, well, well, we talked before. He said, no, 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 no. He said, Zena. And I was like, oh, how you know about that? <laughs> but I caught myself and I said, yeah, that's my blessing. That's my blessing. And so I just want to acknowledge my beautiful wife, Miss Zena. Arthur Knight. She is just the best. I love her. She says she loves me. I tend to believe her. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, we make each other laugh. And that's just a blessing to have somebody that will make you laugh. And when you go and you try to cry, they will hear you, and then they will comfort you, and then they'll make you laugh. <laughs> Amen. All right. We want to thank everybody who participated in the service today. Uh, Y'all did an amazing job. I know we have a lot of people missing and, and everything, and, and this is all new and different, you know, but you all did an excellent job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let us go to the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk. It's a very short book. Uh, it is right after My Micah. It's Micah, and right before, I believe, Zephaniah. Let me see. Yep, and right, right. Um, 
It's between Micah, Micah and Zephaniah. Real short book, only, only three, I think three chapters. Ashe? All right. Habakkuk, chapter 1, starting at verse 1. And it reads, The oracle that the prophet, prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not listen or cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. The word of God for the people of God. And you can be seated. I choose to call this hope in a hopeless situation. Hope in a hopeless situation. The news the television, and in our very lives. We have for four years heard the term unprecedented. And for four years, heard lies upon lies and heard the term that we are a nation divided and it just looks like things are not looking well for our country, our democracy. And hold on, even hold on, y'all. I told myself I was going to do this, so I need to do this. Boom. So I won't talk too long. Ashe, because <laughs> I know. But we find. Now we just have such, looks like bad news all the time. I, I'll be honest with you, I get depressed. Because every day I look at the news and following the polls of the upcoming election and, and have little reason for hope. For there's a wannabe dictator, former president, lying that the last election was stolen, and then we have a national party that's afraid to call him out on his lies, even though he has been known to lie for a whole four years, but yet and still he holds this party hostage on the big lie. States, including Georgia, have passed voting suppression laws based on this lie. And it's just hard to see the bright side 
balance, chins, balance, uh, balance, and threats of violence are increasing every day. School shootings are more frequent, and the answer we seem to get is to put more guns in more people's hands. Just depressing. And then we have some church establishments who would say that God has chosen this liar. <laughs> God has chosen a liar to lead them. Now, really? Really? Yeah. The ones who know the truth are afraid to speak out because they are threatened with violence. They refuse to speak and they, and they refuse to stand. In fact, they stay silent. But I say if you stay silent, then you're complicit. And what do I mean by complicit? In other words, if you see something wrong and you say nothing, then you might as well, you are also wrong and you are also to blame. And you, you just, might have, just might as well be the person pulling the trigger, committing the robbery, if you just sit silent and let it happen without saying a word. You have asked, so you have to ask the question. You have to wonder. I find myself looking down and up and all around and asking the question, where is God in all this? And do you see us? Do you care? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I even, I get so depressed, I even ask, God? Are you even real? Because of all of this that I see, I, I find that my, my hope is, is threatened. I, I find that my faith is in question. I don't know about you, but that's, that's how I feel sometimes. I don't know if, if that's the way you feel, but that's how I feel. It's like God doesn't seem to be present, and God doesn't seem to be in the midst So I ask, how can I have hope in this hopeless situation? How can I have hope in this hopeless situation? And so, we go to the text. The prophet Habakkuk. It's questioning God also. For in the text he says, how long must I call you? And do you not see all this mess that's going on? Do you not hear me praying to you? There is violence everywhere, and you have not stopped it. Why must we watch all this misery? Now, you have to understand that this is in a time after the Israelites 
were in the promised land, and King David has come and gone, and Solomon, and, and now they have other descendants on the throne. And Israel and Judah have gotten so bad that they can't even be with each other, so they've broken up. And so that now we have two kingdoms, okay? We have Israel and we have Judah. And Habakkuk is in Judah, and he is witnessing the destruction from the inside of what was a great country, a great nation. He's witnessing the kings not administering justice, the people not treating each other well, the priests lying on God and the prophets, the so-called prophets, saying that all is well. And in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, this is what Habakkuk writes, where he says, must I forever see these evil deeds? This is what he's written here. And why must I watch all this misery? He's talking to God. And he says, wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I am surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. And what Habakkuk is doing here is he's lamenting. And what a lament is, is a lament is when someone goes to God and say, God, woe is me. I am just in a mess. Now, Habakkuk is not the first lamenter here. David lamented. Jeremiah lamented. All the prophets at some point said, God, where are you? God, I am find myself surrounded by enemies. I find myself the target. I find myself having nowhere to go, having no one to talk to. I'm finding myself in a place, I just say, between a rock and a hard place with this roof caving in. And I just have to ask you, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And, and so let us continue. Because in verse 5, the Lord replies. And the Lord replies and says, Look around at the nations. Look and be amazed. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone had told you about it. Now, that's interesting, right? Okay, that's encouraging. It's like, okay, God's getting ready to come in and do something, right? Ah, then it kind of make you excited. Okay, but, but let's read on. What he says, I am raising up the Babylonians, 
of cruel and violent people. And they will march across the world and conquer other lands. Whoa. <laughs> Is that a response or what? When God says, <laughs> well, I tell you what I'm going to do. That enemy over there that couldn't come out against you, they couldn't mess with you, well, guess what? Since y'all are so messed up and y'all are so corrupt, I'm going to raise them up and have them come and correct you. What? And, and he goes on to say, he describes them. What? They're evil. They're cruel. Man. You know, you know, this sounds all too, too familiar, familiar to me. You know, if we look at our historical record, okay, because wasn't it a time, I think of what they called it, World War II, when a power that was known for its cruelty and known for its propensity for murder, the German army rose up, rose up and attacked the world and were successful for a time. So this is, this, is, this is the answer that Habakkuk had. And so I, I wonder, Lord, is this what you're doing? But then, but then you know, I, 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 I can't help but look at our history and look at the history of our country, you know, because, you know, as black people, we were freed in the 1800s. And after we were freed, we stepped up as newly freed slaves. We went into communities. We built. We had businesses. We were elected to public office all the way up to the U.S. Senate. That's how good we were doing. We were voting. We were contributing. We were making things happening. We were doing it, y'all. We were doing what it do. You know, and we thought that white people would be happy and white people would be glad about it. We thought that, okay, here we are, you know, we're working side by side and everything is all right and we should be all right, right? You would think that, right? Only to find out what we did, we made them mad and made them jealous and, and felt as though if y'all are doing well, then we must be missing something. And so what happened in the 1900s, all of that was taken away through violence. I mean, they came in and literally shot up they came in and robbed. They came in and stole and just did it. 
like an army, just, just came in and just disenfranchised us and then topped all that off with laws to keep us down that way. And so it's not odd to me that from the 1900s through the 1960s that America would experience not one, but two world wars. It's almost like Habakkuk happened twice. For he brought the first world war to try to give you a hint. You know, look, I brought this in to sort of humble you a little bit so that you would do better. You know, that you would, that you would back off just Jim Crowism. You know, that you would back off and, and, and treat people right and bring justice. But the first one didn't do it. And so then they brought the second one, which was even worse. But Germany came a second time. And not only were, not only was it bad, but in the midst of it all, God's people, God's very people, were hunted, were gathered up, were put on train cars, brought to camps, taken to the showers, and gassed. And then to efficiently deal with all the dead bodies, they built furnaces to burn them so that they could efficiently rid, the, rid themselves of the remains, known for cruelty. Their armies were called Blitzkrieg because they came in fast. And, 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 and I have to say this because it continues in Habakkuk where, he's, where he says, they will march across the world and conquer other lands. They are notorious for their cruelty, and whatever they, they like, their horses are swifter than the cheetahs and fierce than the wolves at dusk. Their chariots charge away far away like eagles, and they swoop down and devour their, devour their prey. Does this not sound familiar? Does this not look similar? And so the question is, during these times of white supremacy, homophobia, lying to themselves, and, and continuing to subvert justice, can we have hope? Can we find hope? And, and so the text continues on to say that not only do they continue, but they, that, that they scoff at the kings and the rulers. I, I, I tell you, this, this seems, this seems so, so much like it could apply to today as, as we're looking at Putin, who's now in war. And mind you, the other communist countries seem to be setting themselves up, just like the dawn of World War II, where we have enemies around and about us positioning themselves. Oh, I, I hope this isn't a prophecy. I pray that it isn't a prophecy. But as long as we continue to on this path of injustice, on this path 
of hurting each other on this path of violence. Oh, that just looks, looks too familiar. And I just got to ask, how can we have hope in a situation that, that seems hopeless? For God said that he was going to bring the enemy and that they were going to be powerful and they were going to come in. But then Habakkuk goes to God and questions God. He said, questions God's use of the Babylonians. And he questions God and he says, God, do you plan to wipe us out? Yes. Can I see you use them to correct the, I, no, yes, I can see you use them to correct us for our sins, but are you going to let them commit this evil and just wink at them? What he's saying is that you're going to let them come over and mess us up and then just say, it's all right. Is, I mean, is this, is this your answer, God? Then he goes on to say, are we doomed to perish? I mean, he's asking some hard questions to God. Some folks say you can't question God. Oh, God can take the question. <laughs> oh, yeah, God can take the question. Amen? And he goes on to say, are you going to give them the victory over us that they will claim that it is they who overcame us forever? In other words, what he's saying is that, God, are you going to let them wipe us out and then have bragging rights saying that they killed us and that they killed you, our God, and that they did all this on their own and that they are more powerful than God? Is this, is this it? This how this is going to end? That's a mighty bold prophet, isn't it? <laughs> to go to God like that. To go to God and say, yeah, is this? This it? This what you're going to do? This how, this how we're going to come out? You know, huh? And mind you, I'm sure this is, this is where he was at. This is where he was at. You know, is this your answer? Is this what you're going to do? Is there any hope? In this hopeless situation, Lord, is it not how it looks? Is it not how it looks for us right now in the U.S. and in the world? There are open lives all over the place, and there seems to be fewer people in high positions. Oh, excuse me. There seems to be a few people in high positions who seem to believe the lies and follow the liar. It looks like the times we are seeing are getting darker and darker. I find myself today asking, God, where are you? I can't see what's going on. Do you care? Are you paying attention? Are you even there? And so, I can see 
Habakkuk is, is behind, beside himself in the scriptures. And, and, and I can imagine that he is distraught, that he is outdone, and that he is depressed and just, just doesn't know what to do. And that's the end of chapter 1. And so let's, let's keep on to chapter 2. For in chapter 2, it reads, I will climb up to my watchtower, this is Habakkuk, and I will stand at my gatepost. And there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Uh, I hope I'm preaching enough to, to help set this up here. In the midst of Habakkuk, feeling as though all is lost and all is gone, and he is depressed, and he is just outdone and doesn't know what to do, what does he do? He steadies himself. When things get out of hand and out of control, upside down and inside out and just hopeless, when your very faith is challenged and you find yourself in this hopeless situation, you need to take a moment and go to your prayer closet. You need to stop. And center yourself. And Habakkuk did this. He went to the watchtower. In other words, this is where he went to pray. He, he, he went to his guard post. Because this is where, he's, where he went to, to, to watch over and see how things are. And so what he did was he went to his prayer place and, and he settled himself. He quieted himself. He, 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 he got away from the noise and said, okay, Lord. It's you and me. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be still until I hear from you. I'm going to, I'm going to steady myself until, until I see something. I, here I am, Lord. I'm going to center myself so I can hear you. Sometimes you need to just stop and sit down and be quiet and wait so that you can hear God talking. I don't know, baby, you didn't hear me here. Sometimes when you find yourself in a hopeless situation, you've got to stop. You've got to center yourself. Be quiet and listen for God. Because God is always talking. We don't always hear. So you have to center yourself. Center yourself. So this is what Habakkuk has done. He's, he's centering himself. And God answers. And I believe God answers in a, in a very small and quiet voice. For he said, the Lord said, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Write down the vision. Write it down so it's simple for others to understand and make it plain so others can share. So what he's saying, what has happened, is that 
when you're quiet, God will send a vision. For it says, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. I know y'all heard it. He said, write the vision. Make it plain. And what, so what is happening here is Habakkuk got quiet and got still. And what God did was God gave him a vision. What God showed him is this is what the end results is going to be. Even though it seems hopeless now, let me let, me let you see what the end's going to be. Even though it seems like it's not going to be good right now, let me let you know that your faith is not in vain, that your work is not in vain, and that even though it seems like that you keep pushing and you keep working and you keep praying that nothing is happening, know that something is happening. You're just building on a foundation, and yet the victory is still going to come. I showed it to you. You can see it. So what I want you to do now is I want you to write the vision down so that others can see that vision and see that the end is going to come. I want you to write it down so that others can get it and they can carry it and so they can share it with others so others will see that the end is going to come and the end is going to be good and that I have not left you, I have not forsaken you, but I am still your God and you will be my people. And then he goes on and he says, look at the proud as they trust in themselves and they live and their lives are crooked. But, but the righteous will live by the faithfulness to God. And so, are you going to be like the proud and go along with everybody else, helping, helping the, the enemy be unjust, are you going to be the ones who are going to be silent and complicit? <clears throat> or are you, you going to be like the righteous who will keep the faith, who will stand and call lies lies, and who will stand and still continue to pray, who will stand and keep on standing for righteous and keep on marching and keep on calling the name of God and saying, we're going to follow God, but we don't care what you do, but we're going to follow God and we're going to trust God. Oh, I, sometimes it just makes me think about uh, a time when Martin, Martin, who I believe saw the vision in this dark time because he said, or he wrote, he said, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I'm not worried about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountaintop. And I have seen the promised land. And he said, 
I may not get there with you, but we as a people are going to reach the promised land. Oh, when you have a good division, you will see the end. And so you can continue on. I, I, have, I have to remember our ancestors who found themselves and it looked like it was not going to get better when they were enslaved and, and it's for generations and it just seems like it was just going to be bad and bad, but yet and still, they kept on pushing. They kept on escaping and they kept on, even though they couldn't see how it would get better, they saw, they saw that the end was going to, how the end was going to be. They knew it was going to be a day that their children and children and children's children were going to be free. And so they kept on pushing. And even those who marched in the 60s, those who gave up their lives, they gave them up freely because they knew, they saw the vision, they saw that there was going to be a better day, they saw the end. And so I tell you that you can always have hope in a hopeless situation if you just get the vision. And so all I tell you is just get the vision and we'll find the vision or read the vision and know that there's an end, that there's a victory, and you're going to always come through. Oh, yeah. It seems like it's hopeless. It seems like we're not going to be able to get through. But let me tell you, you can make it through. Oh, yeah. There is hope in a hopeless situation. Oh, yeah. We take example. Oh, yeah. Because our ancestors pushed for a better day. They saw the vision, and they saw the vision. And they, so you can see the vision, and you can see a better day. Hope in a hopeless situation. Hope in a hopeless situation. Amen. The doors of the church are open. If I know it's hard, but I invite you to step up and step into hope, step into a, a better day to find that, that thing that will, that will sustain you through the dark times, that thing that will hold you when it seems as though there is no place to go, there is no one to talk to. I invite you to try Jesus. I know, personally, Jesus is always there. I can always call on him. And he will answer. And he will come. So I invite you to join the fellowship of Jesus. And specifically, if you would, join the fellowship of the beloved community for we are the beloved 
but we are beloved by God. We are and we Christ love each other. Oh, my sister. So if there would be one, come on. The doors are open. If you're weary, if you're heavy, heavy laden, come on and lay your burdens down. Take off the load. Take off the weight. Take off the regret, the unforgiveness, the heartache. Join. Become part of individually, we can easily break, but together we are strong. We invite you to join the together. out and none have answered, but yet there is still room. Amen. Thank you. All right. Y'all doing all right? Y'all feeling all right? Do we have hope? Amen. Amen. I don't know if any of y'all can see the vision or if you have a vision, but if you, but I tell you, if you go to God, God will show you. Amen. 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 All right. Um, this Friday, we're going to have our first NA and AA meeting down in the fellowship hall this Friday. <laughs> Starting at 5.30, please, if you come, if you know someone, come. I remember talking to a brother, and uh, he was telling me that he was 30 years clean. And I, I had to ask him, man, well, how did you do that? He said, brother, go to the meetings. He said, you go to the meetings. You can do it. You don't go to the meetings. And I've talked to brothers who, who don't and, and, uh, and say they can do it on their own. And then it just breaks down. So we... We're going to provide tools because it's not enough just to tell somebody to get better. It's not enough to just say, God bless you. You got to provide tools. Yeah. You got to provide something to be helpful. Amen. 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 So, so this Friday, 530, we call it, we call it Paycheck Friday. Yes, sir. 
That's what the meeting said. Paycheck Friday. Now, and I get that because that's the time of decision making when you get your check. You know what I mean? <laughs> what you going to do with the check? You know, so prayerfully, there will be those who will come. Are there any other announcements? Amen. Amen. Let us support our brother. Please, please, let's empty that box, y'all, okay? I know I'm going to take about four or five of them. We put them things, put them things in tinfoil and, and put them in a new wave oven for an hour and a half, and, bro, you got something good. Huh? Yeah, they're huge. They're huge. They, 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 they'll, they'll, they'll take care of several meals, let me tell you. Put some cinnamon and some butter and some honey and some agave. Ooh, ooh man, and put that thing in the microwave at this. Mm, 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 mm. That's my lunch every day, y'all. <laughs> so I'm just telling you. Ah, you got something good. Mm, mm, mm. If you want to put sugar in there, you can put sugar in there. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Please, please, please. Early voting is going on now. <clears throat> please, early, vote early. If not, make sure you vote. It's the, it's the fourth. Voting day is eight. the eighth. Okay, we have, we have a, another week. Okay, but go early. If you have your absentee ballot, <clears throat> please get the, carry that in now because the mail won't get there in time, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so go ahead and carry it in, you know, and, and just, it's crazy, but still, but which is why. Because it's crazy, this is why we must vote. You know what I'm saying? Because it's crazy, this is why we must vote in record numbers. Ashe? Ashe, oh. All right, any other announcements? All right. Let us sing our our song. It's our duty to, to fight for our freedom. It's our duty to win. It's our duty to win. We must love and support each other. We must love and support each other. Nothing to lose but our change. It's our duty to fight. It's our duty to win. It's our duty to win. We must love and support each other. We have nothing to lose. We have nothing to lose.
nothing to lose. We thank you, God, for your presence today, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for each and every one that's here today who participated, Lord. Lord, we just, we just thank you, God, and we just give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord, watch over us, Lord. Watch over the slaughter family, Lord. Get us all home safe and sound, Lord. And we will continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise all due to you. In Jesus' name, and we say amen, amen, amen. Ashe. 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 Reach up and let's grab a handful of hope and let's put it down and we say Harambe, Harambe, Harambe. Let us all pull together. Amen. The peace of God, the peace of God go with you. Amen. We have nothing to do.